Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our Friday night Bible study and fellowship. Good to have you folks here tonight. Praise the Lord that you're there. I appreciate it very much. Well, folks, tonight we're back in. Got Brother Chad back in the saddle, Brother David. Tonight we're going to be back in the review of the New Testament, and we'll be in Matthew chapter 6. Um, some uh, words uh, before the program gets started here and we get into the scriptures. There's some word on my surgery. I got my went to my first doctor's appointment yesterday. I had some uh, x-rays taken, eight x-rays taken of my knees to send to the orthopedic surgeon, which I got a call from them today, and I've got to arrange, flip-flop around and arrange it to where I can go to the to, um to the next appointment, which is going to be very soon, as soon as I can uh, and get all that arranged and everything. But um, they're going to do surgery sometime, it looks like, Lord willing, without any clips or breaks or unforeseen things, there's, the surgery will take place within a month, Lord willing. And um, like I told you all when I first made the statements about it, I meant every word I said, and unless something clips or breaks, Lord willing, we're going through with this thing and get both knees taken care of and get back on the saddle and uh, get up off the ground and push straight ahead with this ministry, Lord willing, and God giving me grace and mercy. But um, just wanted to give, keep you all updated on that. Also, you can't get away from it. Um, but I just got out of the hospital, like uh, you all know that, about the other stuff. That hasn't given me any more problem. The doctor yesterday, my internal medicine doctor, told me that um, more than likely that that bacterial infection was caused from exactly what I was talking about, that um, buildup of, in, uh, of bacteria in my urinary tract, which caused the severe, the severe infection. But... Hadn't had any more trouble with that, praise the Lord. Probably due to all your prayers, I appreciate it very much. Um, after the doctor took the x-rays on my knees yesterday, I told Brother Chad about it last night. He called me in to show them to me, and he said, you see that? He said, you're one of two people. I said, what do you mean? And he had a cocky grin on his face. He said, you're one of two classes of people. I said, what do you mean? He said, number one, you're a fool or you're one of the toughest people I've ever met. He said, I do not know how over the last three or four years that you've been able to walk. That's what he said. He said, I've never seen anything like this. He said, "There's." No, he said, every bit of swelling, all the pain you've suffered, I mean, he said, I don't, I don't, I said, well, I took medication for the pain and I, my activities have, have gone down to nil, and I say the swelling that you see now in my legs is after laying in the bed three days after a fishing trip that only lasted two hours. He said, I'm amazed at even that. So that's what the doctor said. That's not my opinion. That's what the quote-unquote specialist said. But anyway, he said, we're getting you in there. We're getting these things done as soon as possible. He said they should have been done 10 years ago, which I already knew. So that's the latest on that. About the money situation, 
I got the first bill. You know, you, this will blow you. And then you, this this stuff don't go away, folks. It don't just happen one time and go away. The bill for the hospital bill for just the three days in um, Flowers Hospital was twenty five thousand dollars. That's a, I can't even fathom that twenty five thousand dollars, and that was even after the Social Security. The little insurance on that paid what it paid. They broke it down into payments, and the payments are $1,600 and something. That's the way they figured that they wanted to be paid this $25,000. So that's what I'm facing, all right? So none of that stuff I said before went away, and now I'm fixing to have another surgery, which is going to, Lord willing, change my life, all right? And in turn, hopefully, spiritually, help change y'all's life as well and more people as well as we expand the ministry according to God's will. Can I get an amen out of anybody? Amen. That's in the Lord's hands, that part of it is. But I will tell you now, the ones that have donated, the ones that have given to this ministry, praise the Lord for you very much, okay? But there's a long road to go here, okay? A long road to go. The the regular offerings that you have sent me has been such a blessing. There has been some special, a little special given during this period of time, which has helped tremendously and helped knock that twenty that twenty some of the original cost twenty nine anyway has helped knock the cost down on that bill, but that, like I said, my payments just on this hospital bill is going to be $1,600 and blah, blah, blah. I can't, I ain't got my magnifying glass, but I done looked at it and know it's 16 and some change, and they've got it all set up. But that's what I've, I'm, I've got to cover on this right here. That's just on coming out of the hospital. Now I'm fixing to go in for surgery on my knees, and that's going to be catastrophic. So... Those of you downloaders that have, I'm just going to say it, pissed away an opportunity, the opportunity is still there to get a blessing from the Lord, okay? And again, I appeal to human, I appeal to my white race, to my so-called brethren, not only as a Bible teacher and preacher that feeds you the word, but I appeal to your duty as a listener and one that eats at this table. If you did not eat at this table, I would not have right to open my mouth. Okay? I'm, we're not going back through. The, I don't have to go through the scriptures again. We've already done it. And we could have went through more. Your conscience, if you have a conscience, if you're a white Christian individual, there should be no, you should know within yourself the responsibility that lies to one that's fed from the one that, to the one that feeds, okay? Anything extra you can give will be much mightily appreciated. I do not want to go down as a debtor. The Apostle Paul says, oh, no, man, anything, we don't, I don't want that hanging over my head. I don't want to move to a different place and have a bunch of debtors following me, okay? The freebies and stuff like that, that's what niggers get, okay? 
That's what niggers receive. I've even tried to get some of that. And I and, and even signed up for some of that. I'm not eligible for it. I guess because my skin's not black. All right. That the other people get than just sail through life having somebody else take care of them. All right. I work for a living. My job is the reason we're here tonight. So, for the downloaders, don't know who you are, but I assume you're Christian since you regularly download this program. I have heard, I must say I have heard from some people that I haven't heard from in a long time. Praise your holy name. Praise God's holy name for your assistance. And they ask that I not use their name, which is very wise because if you, they had rather receive their reward from the Lord in heaven instead of receive it from the praise of men. That's the amen. correct way to do things. You guys understand that, don't you? Amen, amen. Yes. And anyway, I appreciate the ones that I have heard from. Some that I should hear have heard from ain't heard ain't heard but word. It's amazing about all that. I'll pray for you, brother stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you'll pray, all right. You'll pray and feed the dog, feed the cat. Yeah, and go to the movie and everything. And now, folks, just listen. I'm not. I'm not going to get off into it anymore. I just want to thank the ones that have contributed to this so much. I want to thank you from the depths of my heart. I could. St- I, I could break down right now and start squalling with gratitude. But there is so many that can and won't. And you may you may think that you've built up a lot of reward in heaven in other areas. Some of it may just be my personality. I rubbed you the wrong way. Look past that, okay? If so, be the Spirit of God dwells in you. Look past my abrasive, eccentric personality for a second and just pay attention to the words of God and what's taught the meat and milk that are passed out here at this table. That's what this is. This is a fellowship and a Bible study. I'm a pastor teacher. I feed, you eat. This is not entertainment. Push aside all the excuses that you've made. Listen, folks, I'm not talking about somebody that that does not know where their next dime's coming from. The ones I'm talking to, you know who I'm talking to. You know in your heart. If the Spirit of God's in you, you know where the finger is pointed right now. Because I want you to see, this is a double, this is this works two ways. It's not just for me, it's for the Lord. Brother Dave, just real quickly explain to them that, that simple principle. Oh yes, when you give, you're you're giving to the Lord Jesus Christ first and foremost. Uh, that should be your attitude. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not Don Spears you're giving to. It's the Lord. Go ahead, brother. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's okay. It you know it, it is both that you give to certainly, but it, it's. Uh, I mean, you may not even like the person you're giving to. 
that's not true in my case. <laughs> Me and Don, I like him a lot. I love him. But, I mean, God may ask you, or there might be a tug of the Holy Spirit upon you to give to someone that you don't even really like. So you're given to the Lord. It's not based upon your human affinities, emotions, and it's love and action. It's you putting rubber to the road. You believe God's word. You believe what he said. You're going to plant seed. It's not just planting the word. Yeah, it's planting the word. That is the greatest seed. But also your finances are seed. You're planting it with the Lord. Like when you have a need financially, the Lord will meet that need. But, you know, personally, I don't often anymore ask God for a lot of physical things to meet my needs that way. You know, I do, but not a lot. I I want when I give my rewards in the hereafter. And I believe that you can build up those blessings and when you get to the other side, the blessings, the reward you get for what you do here on earth is going to blow your mind. Yeah, we just right. have glimpses of what God's promised us. But when we get there, it, we're just going to be so humbled. We're going to be spending, I think, the first few days weeping in joy. That's exactly what I think too, brother. I think that's got scriptural foundation as well. Because you know the elders, they cast their crowns yes. at the Lord's feet. You see, the Bible says in First Corinthians chapter 2, For I had not seen, nor ear heard, nor hath entered the heart of man, as Brother Dave's talking about here, the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. Amen. That's your perfect example. Brother Chad, just real quick, on the practical, worldly side, explain to them, the difference between A and B from when there was no giving to when there is giving, the double how the Lord repaid you in physical things, brother. Real quick. Well, it's just a fact. Like um, when you give, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And I've only ever given with, with joy and cheer. And when I realized, you know, going back through the the – the teachings in in First Corinthians, uh, when I first started uh, listening to the program and downloading, and and I realized I was like, wow, I was convicted instantly. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't wait for the next program, the next teaching. Like, I waited my whole life. God, God has has put this this point in my life that I could now, if if I hadn't been here learning the last 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 year, I would be ten years behind because I'm already ten years behind. And the time is so short, and I need I need the teaching that I get from Pastor Don. This is what he does. It's his job. He's done it his whole life. He's he's studied with the best. Um, he 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 has the fruits to 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 show for it. Uh, you want to talk about uh, a man, uh, you know, like like after Paul, you know, who suffers, you know, who's who's staying alive yeah, just so he can. This ain't about me now. This is just about what the Lord's done for y'all. Okay. Well, okay. This is what the Lord, yeah. Okay. Well, the Lord's done for me has brought me a really good teacher, and that that I support, and that I that I that I want to support, and by supporting him, now we've gone from a from from a from a dump from a dump that we've that you know through God's grace we made, you know, to look great, but now we have an actual place we're paying this this actually less because that place was going up in price. 
we got out of Babylon North. Uh, the two places we looked at before, we got turned down for, and Marine and I didn't even blink an eye because we put it up to the Lord. We said, Lord, you take us where you need, where you need, need us to be. So we knew we had to move on at some point. And not only that, now now the, the wedding dresses that, that Marine make, we, everything we do, we, com- we commit ourselves to the Lord. At, with every work we do, we commit it to the Lord every day in, in everything that we do. And, that, and the rewards of that come back. I think in, in the in the Old Testament it says something like tenfold or threefold or sevenfold. I don't know. It, it's coming in in droves. And and when you shut yourself off from the world and you focus on doing the work for the Lord, even though you're in the world, you know, I could be Paul selling tents. Doesn't matter. I'm we're doing it for the Lord. And he says, well, that's some good fruit, man. I'm gonna, you know, trust me. He says, trust me. Are you going to trust him? Or are you going prove to? It. He says, "Prove me." If the Lord asks you to prove him, He's sitting there willing and waiting to dump Amen. on you. And, and my, that's in a good way, dump on you. All He's asking is you to show faith, because without that, it's impossible to please Him. Amen. And that's, Amen. Then that's in that's Hebrews chapter eleven, verse six. You cannot please Him without that step of faith. Okay. Now, I'm not breaking this into a testimony tonight. I just wanted to hit a couple of things because Sister Maureen in her testimony told you the Dublin 50% bigger business now since they started giving like they give. Okay? That's what and the Lord did for continuing. them. I will say it's continuing. It, it, that's, that, was, that was up till now, and now the doors are showing a doubling of that ahead. It's just the Lord willing now we need – him to help us so that we can keep up with it. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's out of the horse's mouth. Nothing pre-scripted, not at all. And, I you have know, a verse. You, if you're a Christian, you know what I'm telling you is right. And to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it's what, Brother Dave? Then. Okay, I want you to read them what it says in Second John, verse 7 and 8. Okay. You you tell you think you've got reward built up on the other side, folks? You better take heed because you can lose your reward. And brother, you say you never heard that before. Well, brother Dave, fixing to read it to you. Okay, Second John, chapter one, verse seven. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. There you go. There you go. That you don't lose what you've already wrought by messing around with people that are not teaching you the truth. So if you're supporting somebody that's not telling you the truth and backing it up with the Word of God, okay, or just giving opinions. You folks, you think you might you might be giving to them, but the Lord ain't caring one flip about it, and you stand in jeopardy of losing whatever you've wrought. That's according to the Word of God. The only promise, New Testament promise, given to a born again Bible believing Christian, the only conditional promise has to do with giving has to do with giving. Brother Chad, 
um, Brother Dave, you turn to the verse of script one where it said, The Lord loveth the cheerful giver, and the very next verse is the condition. And listen to the condition, folks. Do you believe it? If you believe it, you will act on it. Don't say you believe it if you do not act on it. Because you're a liar. You'll be found a liar, and the Lord will look at you straight in the face at the judgment seat of Christ and tell you you're a liar. Brother Dave, go ahead and read the verse. Yes. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. That's the condition is on giving. The condition to receive that promise right there is on giving, to abound in all good works, that ye have in sufficiency in all things. Has he not granted that to you, Brother David? Yes, he has. Brother Chad, has he not granted that promise to you, obeyed that pro- by that conditional promise? Amen. And on that, too, I want, I want to say uh, the second great commandment is to love your brother as yourself, not to love some non-believer, this or that. We've got to take care of one another here, man. When, when Paul said to those guys, what do, you, what do you want to go to the judges for? Can't you deal, deal with it with yourself? Don't you know you're going to judge the world? You're going to judge the angels? We're responsible for each other. This is what the being in the body of Christ is. It's not just, oh, okay, well, I give cheerfully. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have, you know, a, a great little, uh, you know, whatever reward. Maybe it's my health. Maybe it's my finance. Maybe it's my business. But what are you going to do with that? What if he gives you health? Are you, are you going to just squander it and say, well, I can play another round of golf this week? Or are you going to commit it to the Lord and do something about it? That's what, that's what Marina and I are committed to. Everything that comes here, it's not for us. You know what? Nothing makes me more happier than the thought of, of, of the Revival Ranch somewhere in Montana where we can, where we can uh, f- uh, fly fish and praise the Lord, man. That's all I'm talking about. Fly <laughs> fish and praising the Lord. <laughs> I have a verse here. It kind of goes along with what Chad just said, too. It's Hosea. I'm going to step away while you're reading it. I've got to shut the back door. You go ahead and read it. Okay. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Well, there we can see that you sow, you sow to yourselves, who's ourselves? Our Christian brethren, our pastors, our teachers, our body of Christ, we sow to the body of Christ. We sow to ourselves in righteousness. What righteousness? The righteousness of Jesus Christ that's been shed abroad in our heart. Amen. In mercy, the Lord Jesus Christ pours out blessings upon us, not that we deserve anything, for if we got what we deserved, it would be hellfire. But because of his righteousness, when we sow, we reap in mercy. And here it is, a key. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. If you're going to seek the Lord, yes, you pray. You read God's word mightily. And you study it. 
but you sow seeds. Uh, you think of the practicality of the Old Testament when people gave their sacrifices to the Lord, and the Lord met them for what they offered in sacrifice to God. Well, well in the New Testament, it's not exactly that way, but you do get rewards for your sacrifice. You can open doors. You can break up the fallow hardness of your heart and seek God through an offering, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost comes on you, and the blessings of God start to be poured out upon you till he come and rain righteousness upon you. He'll rain upon you his spirit, and God will be pleased that you did of your own volition a righteous act. For God Himself. Amen. 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 That's yeah. absolutely spot on, folks. I didn't mean for this to go this long concerning this, but I'm just I'm just letting you know. Outside of tithe and offering, there's an avalanche coming my direction right here. Here I am. I've, I've made my commitment. Okay, I've made it publicly, and I have I've repented of not going ahead and doing it. Now I'm going ahead and doing it. And I've got forgiveness to the Lord for slacking on it. And I'm not going to slack anymore. I've done, I've done, went through that. I'm going ahead with the surgery. Try to get back to physical condition. And like I said, the Lord first and you guys are second. I'm sorry for you downloaders if you just happened upon this program. This Bible study and fellowship. Because you're going to hear the truth here. And you're going to hear the truth about the whole counsel of God whether it hurts or whether it makes you praise God and jump up and down or whether it makes you hit your knees and bawl your eyes out because that's what this book's all about. And to whom much is given, much is required. You can justify, if you justify, try to justify this away. Folks, you'll justify anything away you don't like, see, because this hits you, this hits you where it hurts. That's the sacrificial part Brother Dave's talking about in the pocketbook, all right? Because the love of money is the root of all evil. And you can justify, you can make excuses all day long. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to call nobody's name, but I'm going to say this. There is a person that tithes every week. Since the Lord put them under conviction, they don't make a lot of money. But every week, I get $12.87. That's, that's all that they can give because of how much money they make. And that $12 and something could go to their gas money for their vehicle or something because they don't make that much. I'm not going to call no names. But I know the Lord is going to just start increasing, increasing, increasing. This person's prosperity, not only in finances, but in health and in spiritual understanding and other things. It's like the widow's might, folks. This person actually, and is a new convert, actually believes the book and is applying it. See, you can have a head full of knowledge without any application. It ain't worth a tinker's damn. Amen. That's not what, that's not according to me. That's according to the book, the Lord out of his own mouth, the Apostle Paul, over and over and over again. And see, my God, this is, this is sickening for me to even have to say this stuff. I hate it because it centers around me. And it ain't supposed to center around me. It's supposed to center around you, but the Lord and you guys. 
But I have to do this. This is part of the, this is part of it. This is not a show. This is not entertainment. This is a Bible study. This is a group of believers where two or more gathered together in my name. There will I be in the midst also. This is a church, quote unquote. And it's going to grow, Lord willing, into a bigger church, a visible bill. Lord willing, it's going to grow. Now that everything's been laid out on the table and the Lord has got the chess pieces, he's got the, he's got the place, the people in place for it to happen. If you don't want to be a part of it, the best thing to do is disappear like some have in the last two or three weeks when this subject came up. Now you know where their heart's at, which doesn't take a genius to figure out because where your treasure is, there is your heart. As the Lord told us here in Matthew. And as we get further down in chapter 6 here and finish it on out, we're going to find out you can't serve them both. You can't serve God and mammon. You just can't do it. So, the pleas out there, the obedience, the obligations are out there. It's all laid out. Now the ball is in your downloader's court in a chat room court, and I leave it at that. And Lord willing, I'm not going to have to say any more about it, okay? But I've told you where it stands. If you want a copy, I get. you think I'm making it up? There it is right there. You think I'm making the, the figures up? There it is right there, okay? And praise God for every single one that is doing their dead level best. Help. God, you don't know. My, well, that, that'd be trying to pump my own self. I'm not going to do that. Just just know that every corner of your life is being covered with every kind of prayer that can be prayed for you. I'll just say that much, okay? And for the Lord to open the eyes and the wallet of those others. Because it can't, it, it's not going to hurt nobody. It, except it's going, it, it's going to hurt somebody. It's going to hurt the devil's kingdom because we're going to preach the gospel come hell or high water. We're going Amen. to tell people the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to obey the great commandment, Lord willing. The great commission, we're going to obey it. We've been together for four years now, the majority of us, and it's time to take the next step, and Lord willing, we are. Brother Dave, open us in a word of prayer, brother. Okay. Father, we come tonight and we give great thanksgiving. And, Lord, tonight we just stand in awe of the work that you've done in all this creation, the creation of the entire earth and the heavens, Lord, and the seas and all that inhabits this plain and Lord, in all this great work you've done, you've sent us here from the heavens to inhabit one of these clay vessels for a period of time that we could be tested and tried and gain rewards for the other side because of the Lord Jesus Christ who made the way for us. And tonight, Lord, I pray that 
not one drop of Jesus' blood or one sweat that he sweat, one drop of Calvary and the cross and the way to the cross, Lord, is gone to waste on any of us. I pray that that blood accomplish every which way all that it was sent to accomplish in our lives, in our hearts, in our mind, through the revaluation of lifestyles and ways of living and behaving and things that we trust in. Lord, I pray that we grow in our trust, Father, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord Jesus, I pray that the Spirit of the living God would convict us when we're not trusting in you and your word and your work that is being done in our life as I speak. And that we not trust on the ways of the world, on cars or houses or clothing or money or bank accounts or mutual funds or retirement savings or government handouts. But Lord, that we would learn in ever-increasing ways how to cast all our cares upon you, for you care for us. Yes, Lord. And Lord, I pray that tonight the scripture become alive and work in our hearts and our mind in new ways. And Lord Jesus, I give thanks for the blood that forgives us and made all of this possible. And Lord, I just pray that we'd be able to respond in some small way to work for you or in a big way. But whatever bigness we think it is, it's small compared to anything you've ever done. So tonight, Lord, I pray that you'd Allow us the great privilege of working together with you in our giving and in our deeds. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. 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 Folks, I'll say this, and then we'll go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 6, guys. The Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills, as the old saying goes, and as the scripture says, and everything that you and I have is long to us for our stewardship. Did you know that? Every cent, every child we have, every position we have is loaned to us to to what? I'm talking about for the children of God. I'm not talking about for the world. I'm not talking about for the heathen. And especially I'm talking about the bride of Christ, the Israel bride of Christ. Everything is loaned to you for this period of time. Every little bit you get is loaned to you to see what your stewardship's going to be with it. And the very first requirement is in a steward is that they be found faithful. That's the very first requirement. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I believe. First few verses. Or 2 Corinthians 4. 1 Corinthians 3 or 1 Corinthians 4. In the first few verses, that's the first requirement in the steward that they be found faithful. And for some, this is new, and for some, you've never experienced the blessings of being blessed in according to your actions. See, because your actions have nothing to do with your salvation. Your actions are solely, they have solely to do on your reward and inheritance, period. 
that's what they have to do with. And folks, if you truly believe it and have the fear of God in your heart, that's where your mindset is going to be pointed and headed. And you will act. You will act if so be the Spirit of God dwells in you. And your fellowship is right with the Lord. And that's all that can be said about it. That's, that's just it. And all the excuses in the world will never work. Just like in Genesis, the excuses from Adam and Eve, they didn't work either. Neither will your or my puny excuses of how we dealt with what God gave us will work at the judgment seat of Christ, where we will suffer loss. And if for some carnal reason you think, well, I can just get by, folks, I'm telling you, it's going to be worse than I've even been able to articulate it at the judgment seat of Christ. That suffering loss for God's children, it's going to be tough. And I've got some thoughts on that that I may have mentioned to y'all not too long ago that I haven't completely got together, but the Lord gave me something the other night dealing with that that I haven't seen before. But I'll tell you this much about it. It's got something to do with Christ's suffering. It's got some, the, the suffering that we will take part in is the judgment seat of Christ, suffering loss, has something to do with Christ's suffering. I don't, I can't, I haven't put it together. The Spirit of God hasn't given me the revelation on it completely, but I do know there's something there. Where I'll, maybe I'll be able to articulate it a little better. Because, folks, you won't hear this from none of the other teachers because they won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. And it ain't got nothing to do with me being great. I just happen to be one of them old, bold, eccentric, redneck country teachers that believe in telling you what God tells me and what the Word of God says. Because I'm nothing but a dog, okay? Nothing more than an old redneck dog that the Lord saw fit to say. So I'm just saying. Okay. Matthew chapter 6. Brother, where did we get to? I think we'll, we'll uh, start down right before the so-called Lord's Prayer. We'll start there. I think it's uh, first, just starting verse 8. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Uh, Be not ye therefore like unto them. This is Matthew chapter 6 verse 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of, before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father... Oh, wait just a second. I'm sorry. I missed that part. Go back up to verse 5 and start there. Sure. And when... Uh, six, 6 and 5, Matthew. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. 
Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, okay. let me stop right there for just a second here in verse 8. We went through previously, I took you to that prayer promise in First John that tells you that if you pray anything according to God's will, that you automatically are guaranteed the answer you desire if it's according to God's will. We went over that. You remember, guys, when we went over that? Yeah. We yeah. ran the references on it and everything. We also ran the reference on the Holy Spirit praying for us as well because he knows the mind of the Father. Didn't we run that reference, Brother David, in Romans yes, 8? Did. We sure did. And here it says, For the Father know what you have need of because his, his will is what he's going to work out in you, according to Philippians, and the Holy Spirit knows the mind of the Father and knows your mind and knows what's going on in you and knows your actual needs according to contrary to your wants, and he goes to the Father himself. So you've got two areas there where everything's actually covered in your life when it comes to prayer life. That's not the abstract prayers of something that pops up um, you know, out of nowhere that you need to pray for, like a Nehemiah prayer that so that happens in your everyday life and called a Nehemiah prayer because he just he just boop sent up a prayer real quick and the Lord answered it real quick. Sometimes that'll happen in your life. And then sometimes you'll have things that you'll pray about for years. Sometimes you'll pray all your Christian life for certain and thing and never get an answer. That ought to tell you something. It should tell you something quicker than that. And I'm going to give you a little nugget. I want, Brother Dave, I want you to go to the Lord in Gethsemane. Okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. And, Brother Chad, I want you to go to where Paul is talking about his thorn in the flesh. Oh, yes. And I want to show you guys something about important prayers in your life. Okay? I'm not... I'm not I'm not saying this is 100% doctrine. I'm just saying it's something you take heed to. Now, I learned this one a long time ago. I don't know if I've even mentioned it to y'all before. Shame on me for not doing it. But I probably have. It's just been a good while ago. Probably said something about it when we were in Corinthians the last time. But Brother Chad, I mean, Brother Dave, first of all, I want you to read the whole scenario where the Lord's in the Garden of Gethsemane. I want you to read about, I want you to read that whole scenario, and I want to show you guys something. And Brother Chad, I want you to, you pick up, and in just a minute, I want you to go and tell about what Paul had said, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, Brother Dave? Okay. Uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 39. And he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat 
was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Second, Brother David, let me bring to your attention the fact that he wasn't just in in agony. He was in A-N, an agony. This is a special agony. It was an agony that was so distraught that it drew great drops of blood. For sweat out of his pores of his skin. That angel had to come and minister to him. Okay, this is his first time to go before the Lord with this important prayer. Continue on, brother. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? When they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, Shall we smite with the sword? No, brother. I'm I'm afraid you're gonna to have to back up, back okay. up in that in this discourse because he goes to the Lord three times, and we did. Yes. That's, that's just the first one. That's just the yes. third one, I believe. Now uh, that was the last one, I guess. So yeah, that would and, be. The third one. Yeah. Okay. Let me go back further then. Okay, Um, verse 24, And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors, but ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. For whether it is greater, he that sitteth at meat, or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations, and I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father hath appointed unto me that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And he said unto them, When I sent you without purse and script and shoes, lacked ye anything? And they said, Nothing. Then said he unto them, But now he that hath a purse let him take it, and likewise his script. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment, and buy one. For I say unto you, 
that this is that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. And they said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. And he said unto them, it is enough. And he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter, in, enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow, and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. And while he yet spake, behold the multitude, and he was called, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus. To okay, it's my fault, brother. That the, the Lord went three times. Yes, it, it must be in, an, in, other, in another gospel. It's yes. in Matthew, Matthew chapter twenty-six, brethren. Okay, brother, go ahead. Uh, go verse, ahead verse, verse thirty-six. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. Okay. That's the point. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And I, I thought it was in Luke too, brother, brother David. So <laughs> that was good stuff anyway when you brought up about the, about an agony. But the Lord went to, to to his father three times, okay? And this this severe need of an answered prayer. Okay, now let's go and see the Apostle Paul. See the example the Apostle Paul gives of something akin to this right here. I said akin to it, something very severe 
that Paul needs an answer to. Very severely, he needs an answer to it, Brother Dave. I have that one. Uh, you you have it, Brother Dave? No, I'm not there okay. yet. No. Second Corinthians twelve and seven. That's what you're talking about, Brother Don. Yes. Right. Yeah. And lest, of course, this is Paul saying, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Three times, all goes to the Lord about this very, 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 he needs an answer to this. He needs an answer to this. He goes to the Lord three times. Lord, my ministry would be better. I'd be in better health. My health would be better. I could walk without stumbling around without my without anything going on, Lord. Three times he went to the Lord, thrice, in great fellowship with God the Father. Like I said, the greatness of the Apostle Paul, he wouldn't take that in any straight, any fashion or form. He would deter and give all the praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. But we know he was the greatest Christian to ever live. He wrote three. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. And he's the only one, like I said at the beginning of the program, other than Jesus, that we're supposed to emulate. Three times he went to the Lord with this specific prayer. Everything on the outside looks like the Lord would answer this from somebody that raised the dead, from somebody that could drink or get bit by a snake and not die, from somebody that had died himself and brought back to life, that had been to the third heaven, but let's see what he says. Go ahead, brother. Three times Second, he went to the Lord. Go ahead. Second Corinthians twelve and nine, and Paul says, "And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness." Okay, Most that. gladly. Got that, folks? Amen. Two, the two great. You know, got our precious God manifest in the flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Important, super important prayer. His prayer was that he be not, that he would not have to drink that cup of sin. Every sin ever committed or ever would be. Three times he asked the Lord if there's any way, any way that you can take this cup. Lord, I'd appreciate it. But it wasn't. The Lord's will. And the Lord Bless not my will, but thine be gone. The Apostle Paul could have done so much more in the practical way of looking at things if he hadn't have been so beat up and banged up with so many maladies and so many stripes and, and so many imprisonments and his health hadn't carried a doctor with him everywhere he went from Acts chapter 11 to the day he got his head chopped off. Only Luke stayed with him, Dr. Luke, the Greek doctor. And guess what? Both of them went three times, and guess what the answer was to both of them's prayer? No. No. And some of you wonder why some of your prayers aren't answered. Your selfish prayers. 
you wonder why some of your what you think is so important your wife left you or your child's dying in the hospital and I don't mean to be there's not a I don't mean this in malice at all folks listen I haven't been there okay I would probably with these words wouldn't come out of my mouth if I hadn't done done been there lost a child okay but even if your child was sick and the Lord said no would you understand? Are you all right? Have you is your fellowship with the Lord to the point that you could be like the Lord Jesus Christ and say, "Nevertheless, Lord, not in my will, but thine be done." Or the Apostle Paul, could you be like him and accept that Paul's weakness was when he was strong? And when he thought he was strong, that was when he was at his weakness. That God's strength was made perfect in Paul's weakness. And therefore, you can extrapolate that out as a follower of the Apostle Paul. When we're weak, then are we strong? This should also give us a pattern that on real important prayers, after you've actually really prayed, See, there's a difference between mumbling some words and real prayer. After you've been three times, it's time to let her go. The Lord didn't go four times over something as important as carrying your and my sin. Paul didn't go four times either. He accepted a buffeter from Satan to carry around with him the rest of his life, a thorn in the flesh. So we can get an idea, kind of a a model, on some of the important things. I'm not slamming my fist saying that this is that. No, I'm I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Just saying there's a model here. Nothing happens, folks, chance in this book. What we think is important might not be it might not blip on on God's radar screen. Paul had no idea. In hindsight, now he's just hallelujah, glory to God. I, I wish they'd have whooped me twice as much. You know, look at all the fruit. You got that old hillbilly redneck down in Alabama that talks about me all the time. Not just him, multitude of preachers that people make fun of because they're always talking about me. Lord, I bless God. I can see old Paul now. They don't know, Lord. They're going to have to go through it. I wrote it to them, Lord. I wrote it in Philippians 129. I wrote it in Romans 8, 8, 17, and 18. Oh, Peter put it down in two chapters. And they want to try to ignore it, Lord, but it's given unto us in behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but to suffer for his sake, Lord. I didn't know it then, Lord. I know it now. Do you know it now? you realize it now? Do you ever stop to think 
that in the weakest conditions, that's when you're the strongest because the Lord's holding you up then. You're not holding yourself. See, He's the one that's in whether He He's the one that's got you where you fall down or not when you're in His hands. See, when you're at your weakest. When you don't feel like talking so much, any of you preachers out there that may hear this, when you get to the podium or when you get to the microphone and you don't feel like you don't feel like a bullet blowing your brain. I mean you just seen a bullet blow your brains out. You don't feel like saying a word and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes and you forget all what track of time it is. Because it's all, because then it's all about the Lord. That's when the Lord's strong. Strength is that's when his strength his strength shows forth. He's allowed to use you then because you're out of the way. He can only use a vessel that is surrendered. There is there is no middle ground, folks. You or as the old world saying goes. And I don't even really understand it. You can't have your cake and eat it too. That's the, 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 the things I'm saying now are not for mental acceptance. They're for heart action. You may accept what I'm saying mentally and agree, but do you agree to the point of action? Like we were talking about the first of the program. Where the Lord calls those things Brother David was talking about and Brother Chad were talking about as sacrifices. Sacrifice, a sacrifice is something that immediately you think pain. Immediately you think not so pleasant. Yet the Lord associates you with that as sacrifice. Amen, Brother David. Amen. But folks, that's just that 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 this is Christianity one oh one. See? This is this is determines your ability in that war that you're in, all the way that me and Brother David just got out of chapter three. That warfare in 315, this is part of the warfare. The war starts then. That's why Paul says, endure, therefore, therefore, endure hardness is a good soldier. See? Oh, that's just a metaphor. Yeah, it's a metaphor, all right. It's what you're supposed to. It's, how, if it's a metaphor, then why are you supposed to put on military armor? Why are you called a soldier? Why is, he, why is the Lord Jesus called the captain of our salvation. See, every bit of this stuff fits together like a glove, folks. You're supposed to fight as a warrior, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, see. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because, hey, he takes it like a war. His minions take it as a war. They're sold out 100% for your destruction.
and every opportunity you get for that sacrifice to build that muscle of faith and to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, you grow in grace and knowledge by the things you suffer, by the things you give up, by the sacrifice you make. And I'm not talking about for your own family. I'm not talking about for your kids and your aunts and uncles. Oh, the Lord's going to, we're going to cover that shortly in Matthew. The Lord will cover it big time. Oh, nobody likes those verses. I'm talking about like Brother Chad said, or Brother David, one of them said, about doing something for somebody you don't like. See, it's not about for them. It's about for the Lord. If so, be the Spirit dwell within you, and you've got enough spiritual understanding and growth to understand the difference, see. To some, what Brother David and Brother Chad said don't mean nothing to you. And they were as spot on as a spotting machine. Three times on tough stuff, I've done, I made it a rule in my life. Three times on big tough stuff, let her ride, let her go. Other stuff, I still hadn't learned a lesson on some stuff. I'll keep on, keep on, especially when it's about other people. Like a job for somebody. Like some other, some kids, some one of y'all's kids have, like Brother Brian's grandkids. I will pray for those kids and their safety and Brother Brian's peace of mind till I have no breath left in me to pray. You You hear me? Because I love them. And they're thousands of miles away and we've never met. I've talked to them on through the emails. Now, brother, now then it, we can't do that. But I'm going to pray. And I'm going to break. I'm going to tear down heaven's doors if I can to get an answer on that prayer. And that's just one example. You other guys, you other members of this fellowship, that's the, I feel the same way about when I pray for you. But when it comes to my personal stuff, three times and, and let her go. That's a pretty good rule of thumb. Don't do it all the time, like I said, because I'm still in, the, in this fleshy body. And I still, that old self-preservation and self-gratification, that old man still rules in some areas. I haven't got him completely killed. He's not completely crucified. But the attempt is there being made every day to do it. Oh, what a goal. And the opportunity out there now, the opportunity you have is so gigantic for some of you. You have no clue. And it may Never come your way again. The opportunity may never come your way again. For some, this may be a test, and I'm talking about this whole situation that I start off the program with. With this is a this may be a test for some of you, and the opportunity will never come again. This may be the straw that breaks the camel's back. 
This may determine things in your life or maybe even members of your family's life. You'll probably never even be able to tie it together. And it's according to the choices you make. Folks, I could sit here and give you illustration after illustration over things that's happened in my life and crossroads when I got to them where I made the wrong decision and tell you the outcome, and I know it's because I chose to do the wrong thing. Therefore, the doors were closed. Death in some instances, sickness in others, unhappiness in others, and just stuff absolutely that should never have been, all because of a simple choice of obedience or disobedience, of obeying or disobeying, of loving or not loving. And there is no doubt in my mind, as well as I know the Spirit of God in that still small voice, there's some folks out there right now that this is the this is the crossing point. This is the this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back to where you get to the point of where you've crossed that line, and it'll take God Himself to grant you repentance, to acknowledge the truth, to get yourself out of the snare of the devil. You think I'm making that up, huh? Brother Dave, please read it to him. Second Timothy chapter 2, the last three verses. Folks, the, the book knows your hearts and thoughts and the intents of your heart, okay? It's the one doing the mashing the buttons. It's the, it's, it's the word of God. It's got nothing to do with me. I'm just telling you, this happened. It happened in Lot's life. I, you want me to start going through the Word of God and give you, uh, it happened in Samson's life, I can go on. And these are heroes of the faith. Folks, it got nothing to do with you being saved or not. See, in some cases it does. I don't know who those are. I have no idea because I don't know who all's listening. Brother Dave, go ahead and read that verse. Those verses. Yes. Second Timothy 2, verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. There you go. See, that context of that is all truth. It's not one specific truth. It's all truth. And we're talking about a truth right now. And I'm telling you, folks, I'm, I'm warning you with love, whoever it is I'm talking to. I do not know specifically who the Holy Spirit is heavy, heavy on your head. But it's the Lord that said, if you love me, you'll keep my words. And Paul said, if you don't love him, that you're cursed. Did he not, Brother David? Yes, he did. 
to whoever you are, I pray God. I pray God with all my heart that you accept that to the acknowledging of the truth, that you may grow, that your rewards abound, that your child does make it through, that that person does keep their job, that they do get a job that they need so they can do this or that. Folks, It we're talking about a body jointly fit together to where not one member can say to the next member, I have no need of thee. Like Brother Chad was talking about the members of the body. You can't, it's the brother in Christ, the second great commandment. Amen, Brother Chad? Amen. You can't get around this, folks. That's why there's such a, a, a chasm between real Christianity and fake Christianity. Because this type of preaching and teaching is void practically everywhere, only in pockets, and only by Bible believers. Let's continue on with Matthew 6. Okay. Matthew 6 and 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven. Okay. Our Father, which art in heaven. People call it the Lord's Prayer. This is no more the Lord's Prayer than uh, than Kevin's pit bulls or cats, okay? This is the disciples' prayer, and there's problems in it for the disciples. If you pay close attention, the Lord ain't never prayed to be forgiven of sin or debt or trespasses, according to which version you want to read, the one in Luke or the one here. It's either debtors or trespasses. So it's for, it's for a specific time. Rightly divide the word of truth, remember, in the specific place where it goes. The Lord's Prayer is John 17. That's where the Lord's Prayer is at. That's where he gets down and dirty, so to speak. That's the Lord's Prayer. He goes over the whole gamut in John 17. So let's go through this prayer. Go ahead, Brother Chad. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Man, I, I, we could sit here and I would go on for an hour just picking this all to pieces. We're supposed to come boldly before the throne of grace. Paul never prayed like this. None of the apostles ever, when they prayed, in which recorded, never prayed like this. Paul says, pray without ceasing.
This is just something different because it goes, it's for a different time period. It's for a different time period. And it will come into play in a big way. This whole thing, the whole prayer here, will come into play in a big way. Oh, you can take spiritual application out of this absolutely and apply it in your life. I remember this was the first, I told, I've given y'all the testimony of when I was under that air hockey table, you know, when the tornado was fixing to explode the building I was in. This is all I knew because we said it every morning in school in the first, second, third grade. I knew it by heart. It's part of some catechism in, in the Catholic Church, isn't it, Brother David? Isn't it the Our Father, yes, it, in what they call the Our Father? Yes, it is. Also, but there's something here that's just not it's it, it's not doctrinally applicable for this age. Nobody else prays like this in the New Testament, in the in the epistle, in the examples we get. Even so, come Lord Jesus, Amen. That's the last prayer in the Bible. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, Amen. That's the last word. Continue, brother. Matthew 6 and 14. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Well, but, now, whoa, 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 wait. You forgive them, your heavenly, that, that's conditional? you trying to tell me that you can't get your uh, sins forgiven if you don't forgive them that sin against you? Ooh. Oh, Jesus Christ forgave you everything. Past, present, and future, see? See what I mean? You see the problems there, Brother Dave, Brother Chad? Yeah. Yes. Definitely a different time. Yes, there's no doubt about it. It's just like calling somebody rocker, rocker, or calling somebody a fool. It's like, like I showed you that stuff. It's a different time period. It's the kingdom age, the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of God when they're both present at the same time, folks, and that will not be till King Jesus is here. That's when the doctrinal application will be observed to the letter because that rod of iron will be heavy, heavy over everybody else's head. Not yours, not mine, but the public's, the ones that are around, the ones we're ruling and reigning over. You couldn't get around it with a get-around machine unless you're just spiritually blind, have no idea how to study the Word of God, or is either that or it's never been brought to your attention to where you could apply it like you've been told to apply it in Second Timothy 2.15. Continue, brother. I have a question. Oh, go in ahead. To the forgiveness that Jesus is bringing out here, would this be... It's not in the sense in the New Testament that we're forgiven for our sins, but in the sense of our fellowship with God. Oh, brother, within. yes. Like I said, you can make spiritual application completely, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, yes, brother. I, I, may, I ought to reiterate again. You can make spiritual application to every everything in here. I mean, it ain't good to call nobody a fool and make them mad for no reason. But are you going to go to hell for it? No, see. But you will 
at a certain period of time. See what I mean, Dave? Yes, yes. Spiritual application. Remember, folks, there's three types of application to Scripture. Write it down. Memorize it while you're studying. Keep it in the back of your mind at all times while you're studying. There's doctrinal application, which means it's lettered. It's lettered law or lettered rule for this right now at this time. That's doctrinal application. There's spiritual application, which means you can take any verse of Scripture from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 and make some kind of spiritual application, metaphor, or something to deal and improve your life or to warn you in a spiritual way of some kind any verse of Scripture in the Bible. And then the historical application is that it was written down for a certain party for a certain period of time in history. Is that plain? Y'all got that? Mm-hmm. Is that easy to understand, yes. Brother Dave? Okay. Yes. Okay, continue on, Brother Chad. Okay. And, and I was just wondering in my mind, too, because uh, one of my cousins is in the wicked oneness thing and he mentioned to me just loosely one last time I saw him when I was in Saskatchewan that he wasn't he couldn't read the scripture because he hasn't forgiven everybody <laughs> does this sound familiar to you is this from, where this is from oh yes brother oh, it's, from, yes. it's from this verse isn't it yes absolutely the people okay. the people that try to apply the Beatitudes and Matthew 6 5, 6, and 7, when they try to doctrinally apply it to the period of time we're living in now, that's where you get all the confusion, all the heresy, all the discord, contradiction. I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. The three books where all the heresies come from. Well, I got it. Matthew, Hebrews, and Acts. Bingo. You got it. Amen. Good, 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 good there, Grasshopper. Good. <laughs> Continue yeah. on. Continue on, brother. Yeah, Holy Spirit just like threw that. He's like, that's what's wrong with your brother, uh, with your cousin. I was like, whoa, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I see that. Matthew 6 and 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Okay, there's there's different types of fast. When we had the public fast for the president, everybody knew about it, but it was for a specific reason, and everything was nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to fast specifically for some prayer you want answered or there's something going on in your life and uh, everything, you don't rip your clothes up and muscle your muscle around with your hair and throw some dirt behind your ears and walk around, oh, 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 I've been fasting for three days. I haven't had a bite to eat. You see what he's trying to say here, folks? You, you understand? Oh. You guys understand? Clear as the day. Brother Dave. Yes, I do. Simply understood, yes. Woe is me syndrome, the victim. <laughs> there you go. There Doing you it go. for myself. 
In Matthew 6 and 19. In other words, they get the pity of man rather than the praise of God. Go ahead, brother. Amen. 6 and 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasure, treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. After everything that's been said, and at the beginning of the program, this does not need any kind of expounding on it. Amen. And here's the here's the one that everyone should have committed to heart, Matthew six and twenty one. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. <laughs> you couldn't be speaking, and you can try to justify it. You can do mental gymnastics till you till you're till you're sweating out your nose and you're never going to get around it. It means exactly what it says. It means it yesterday, today, and forever. It means it long time ago, this period of time, and millennial time as well. Period. It means what it says. Continue, brother. The light of the body is, thy, is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? There you go. There's that eye window to the soul. Whatever, if we went back where the Lord told them in Numbers, I forget what chapter 32, I believe, Brother Dave, where he told them to destroy the idols and the pictures. Yes. Remember um, that? I, it's yes. What, you're letting that stuff into your into your eyeballs. It's been printed in your brain, folks. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, we're all guilty of it. We'll reap the consequences of it. The Lord's warning here about that. Now, let me switch horses for just a second and expound on something I said earlier about the members of the body having need one of another and give you an illustration about this warfare thing and, Brand, take it back to David in Second Samuel. And I've made this comment many times before about they that tarry by the stuff. Folks, the, another thing about this reward inheritance thing and the body fitly joined together David made a rule back a long time ago. He's the one that set up the rule that the ones that tarry by the stuff or the logistics people get the same reward as the ones that go out to battle. Now let me explain that to you a little. A little. We'll make it a little clearer. See, now if you believe the book, you're going to shout, Amen, Hallelujah, I got it. Okay, but if your heart's still in that deep, dark place, it ain't going to mean nothing to you because, it, it, because you, won't, you don't have the faith and you don't believe the book anyway. But they, the, the logistics in a battlefield, just think if there was nobody cooking the food for the soldiers on the front lines to keep their strength up to fight. See, the logistics people. One driving a truck with a toilet paper and that's got all the canned corn and all the um, the rations and everything. Well, David made the rule that's lasted throughout eternity from that point forward. 
that they get the same reward as the ones that go out to battle because they're just as important. If you take care of the ones, say you say, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a teacher. I'm just a Christian. Well, you better support the preacher and the teacher that goes out to battle. So if you do that, you get the same reward as the one that does the preaching and the teaching. Didn't you know that? Didn't you realize that? If you knew the word of God and had been listening and believed what you were taught, you would know that. See? That's why the Pauline epistles are so important because that's where Paul describes the many-membered body, the, the bride of Christ, how each member is so important. One can't say to the other, I have no need of thee. They're equally important. Therefore, they share in certain aspects they share the same reward. Like the soul winner's crown. Take that, for instance. You support somebody like Brother David. When Brother David was on the mission field, the ones that supported him, when Brother David led a Ukrainian to the Lord, the ones that supported him, they'll get a crown of life. They'll get that soul winner's crown as well. Amen. See there, folks? That's how this thing operates. This ain't got nothing about to do with no big eyes and little U's. We're all on a level playing field when it comes to that stuff. That's why it just makes it makes somebody it makes it makes me want to pull my hair out, literally, sometimes because people listen and listen and listen and eat and eat and eat and eat. And I wonder, when are they going to puke? They don't even get it. They don't understand it. And it's so simple. The world has, you, I mean, I thought of a real good worldly thing to say there, but I'm not going to do it. It's too graphic. But to put it lightly, the world system and Satan, they have you by the private when it comes to some of this stuff. And the only way you can break through is by faith. The way you can break out of it. You want to make Satan mad? You want to tell him, get behind me, Satan? Then obey God. You want to become bedfellows with him? Continue your disobedience and be unfaithful. And go out and live your three score and ten and watch what happens after that last breath taken. It'll be too late to remember that old redneck's preacher's words then. Be too late. And all he was doing was trying to help you. All he was doing was trying to help you. Wanted you to be on top. Wanted you to be the best that you can be. For the Lord. But that's how important logistics are. The ones that go out to battle... The ones that stay by the stuff, as David said, get the same rewards as the ones that go out to battle. And to start with, before he implemented that law, the ones that were out there fighting got ticked off. Hey, they were the ones that blood was, they were the ones that were getting stabbed and their arms cut off and having to fight all them half-breeds and them half-giants and whatever. And David sits there and say, says that the ones sitting behind fixing the meals are getting the same falls of the battle but see God gave David enough wisdom 
that's a for that was foreknowledge and God instituting the body of Christ all the way back then. The importance of the many membered body and not one member saying to the other member, I have no need of thee. You send out the strongest army in the world without a logistics team behind them. They may fight like hell for two months, but when their food runs out and there's nobody there to take care of their small needs, they're in a world of hurt. They're going to get destroyed. And this whole thing is about a war and battles going on, folks, personally and at group battles. Our race is a battle as well. It's in a world of hurt. That's why we should band together and stick together. Amen. 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 Continue, Brother Chad. Is there any questions about that principle? Is that hard to understand, or was I was I simple enough with it? I think simple enough. Okay. Would yes. you like me to read the three verses? That yes, I would. Bro- yes, I would, brother. Brother Jack. Okay. First Samuel, chapter thirty, verse twenty-three. Then said David, "Ye shall not do so, my brethren, with that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is." that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part alike. And it was so from that day forward that he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel unto this day. Bingo. If ye call yourself Israel. Amen, brother. Dear brothers and sisters. Right. Amen. Thank you for reading that, brother. I wasn't going to slow it down. I'm glad you went ahead and, and pulled it up while we while I was teaching because I wanted to go, but I didn't want to take all the time. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, brother Chad, let's let's kick her on forward. Matthew six and twenty four. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Brother Dave, read to them what the definition of mammon is, as if they didn't okay. already know. <laughs> you go ahead and read to them. Yes, I will. Okay. Mammon, 3126. The Strong's definition says mammoneth, of Chaldee origin, confident, i.e. wealth personified. Avarice, mammon, the biblical usage, it's mammon, treasure, riches. Thank you. Thank you. So anybody that didn't know, the, that thought they were going to slide because they didn't know the definition, you do now. It's money. It's money. You can't serve them both, folks. You cannot serve them both. You'll either love one and hate the other, hate one and love the other, that's why some are so ticked off right now for what's been said. That's why some of the downloaders are going to pull their hair out, figuratively speaking, and make fun or say something instead of obeying and being faithful. 
It's simple. That's the simplicity of the gospel message. That's the simplicity of Christianity. True Christianity. True Israel of God Christianity. (laughs) Keep on, Brother Chad. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much more better than they? Uh, 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which to, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And there, here pops up the kingdom of God. See, they're both present. And here... The Lord is using this illustration to go right along with Paul's verse in Philippians and also in Timothy. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, with food and raiment, let us be content. He's, there is no way that the Lord's not saying that you shouldn't buy a pair of new clothes sometimes. He's not saying that you shouldn't keep a decent vehicle to drive to go to work in. That's not what the Lord's saying, okay? The spiritual applications are plain, and you know the common sense applications, right? Mm-hmm. They're simple. It's the precedent you put. It's the importance that you put. It's where your heart is. See, you can't get away from that heart. You can excuse yourself and deceive your own self thinking that you got it down. And you can make excuses all you want to, but there's one person you'll never be able to make excuses to, and that's the Lord. And you will be called into judgment about it. That ain't my opinion. That's what the book says. Not my opinion, folks. Continue, brother. Matthew 6 and 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That's right. 
you got enough to worry take care of today without worrying about tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like old Doc used to say, there's two things you never worry about, folks. He said, I know, uh, some old nigger preacher told him that. There's two things you never worry about. He said, what's that, Brother Don? It's what you can do something about and what you cannot do anything about. You think about what I just said. There's two things you never worry about. What you can do something about, because there's no need in worrying, you get up and do something about it. Or what you can't do anything about. Brethren, if you can't do anything about it, Bless God, there's no reason sitting around worrying about it because you can't do nothing about it. Go fishing, okay? Go fishing. Go hunting. Go to the mall, women. Don't worry. Don't worry. What you can do something about, you don't worry about that. You get off the can and do it. All right? You make You make the application, you do what you're supposed to do. Don't worry about it. If you can, do something about it. If you can't do anything about it, bless God, bless your heart. You can't do anything about it, so just forget it. Okay? Forget it. If you've prayed about it and the Lord unanswered a prayer, just forget it. <laughs> does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. What time is it, Brother Dave? Um, I think it's about nine ten central. Okay, how long have we been on? Well, we had a long preamble, so it's uh just fifteen minutes less than two hours. Fifteen minutes less than two hours? Yes. Okay, we'll go ahead and stop here for tonight. Is there any questions in the chat room? Or brother Dave or brother Chad, do y'all have anything you want to add to what's been said tonight on any topic? Makes no difference. In in reference to, you know, God and mammon and serving and, you know, I'd kind of been thinking over and over here for a, a little while about people say they, oh, we don't worship idols and, you know, we don't make things out of stone and wood. And then, I you know, it's simplistic, but it's true that people have, a lot of people have this huge idol and it's made out of wood and stone and mortar. And they spend 25 years of their life paying for this thing, and they end up paying three times as much for it because they're giving all those Jewish bankers all kinds of interest (laughs) on it. I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead. I'm just laughing because it's absolutely true. Go ahead. And some of them, not all, but some of them are like, oh, those old Jews, we're going to get them someday. We're going to kill them. We're going to... We'll take care of them, but meanwhile, they're shelling out hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest to them, worshiping their idol called their house. That's exactly right, brother. And and I know it's not the same in all parts of North America, but it, in many places, it is gone totally insane what people are willing to sacrifice to own a home. They're sacrificing their lives, their children's lives. They're getting into debt. Everyone's got to work. They're going to go borrowing from their parents, from their children, from everyone 
to renting out rooms and all this to try and get this thing, and they can't live free. They've all, they're always worrying about their job, where, where they're going to get the money from, how they're going to. Oh, I couldn't, you know, tell my boss about Jesus. He might fire me, and I got to pay for my <laughs> idol. Amen. So you know, I mean, in reality, if people can do all of that for their idol called their house, what about doing something for Jesus? Amen. I mean. You go crazy over your idols, but you can't help the Lord. But see, brother, that's their idol, see. That's yes. theirs, see. It's, it goes back to that I and me and my. In other words, the bottom line is their idol is their self. They love their self. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's the bottom line, brother. That's it. Yeah, that's excellent stuff. Excellent stuff, and it is the truth, folks. People try to talk things. They, when they, they see the word idle in the New Testament, me and Brother Dave has told you a million and one times, I know that's hyperbole, but it just as well be a million and one times, things were physical in the old and under the new. They went spiritual. Amen, Brother Dave? Yes. That's what so many people, and folks, some of you run to the physical ones. You run to the old covenant because it's physical. You run to the Big Ten in stone. You when when there's a when they're just tripled, quadruple the amount of commandments in the new. They just take over and they get deeper. See, and I've explained to you over and over and over again. The Lord does it just at the start of this book here. He did it. Showing you that something new was coming. The idols have changed. Oh, sure, you've got the the heathen that still worship their statue of Kali and and all and Buddha and the, sure you've got the heathen that do that. But we're talking about our people. That's what we're. That's for. That's what this this book was written to. To our people. And folks, I, I I just ought to give you about three illustrations about that comment I made a while ago about how the Lord, hey, you may think that you're making a small decision. I'm going to not do that because of blah, blah, blah. And then that straw goes, comes, it, that feather comes down, and that's the last bit of weight that that old humpback can handle. And then the Lord says, Cliff, that's it. I lost a child because of one of the, the the very same child that I that I lost because I stood up in courtroom. I never will forget it. Just like my lawyer said, whatever you do, don't not when they start answering asking you questions about what you he called it your religion. Do not answer. Don't. I know what you believe, Don, and it's fine to believe that, but for goodness sake, just go along with the judge when he asks you what you think about this, what you think about that. I had the opportunity. My wife had done deserted my oldest daughter. Done went off to California, ran off with, she wasn't nothing but a hoe. And she she ran off with this other guy. And and her, her granddaddy and grandmother was suing me to get custody of her. And they used my belief, my Bible-believing stance on doctrine 
to take my child from me. When they asked me, and I could bring in Alex Jones, what he just got through doing, I don't know if any of y'all heard about it or anything, so I'm not going to go into it. But they asked me what my opinions was on Easter. And I told them. It was a pagan holiday. I went through all this. That's back when I was, my mind was sharp and my memory was good. And I went through the whole history of it. All I had done been through Hislop's two Babylons about three times. So I took them all the way, you know, all the way back to the colored egg, what it meant, everything. And then they asked that question, would you, let, would you allow your child to participate in the Easter festival, in Easter holiday? And I said, no, because it's pagan, and I'm not pagan. I'm a Christian. And everybody that believes otherwise is wrong because the Bible tells you not to do as the heathen. Then they went from Easter to Christmas, and I went off on Christmas. I destroyed it. How there's no way Christ was born then, and Christmas was nothing but Christ's mass. How it was a mass. It was Catholicism. How it was wrapped into Christianity by the Catholics. I took them all the way back to that, all the ritualistic stuff, Santa Claus. I went through the whole rigmarole. I mean, bam, 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 bam. Like I said, I was younger in my 20s. My memory was sharp as a tack. And he said, would you allow, would you play Santa Claus and allow your child to have, to, to uh, receive? Now, see, some of you are even saying that, that was wrong. Oh, you could have given in on that. Well, maybe I could have, see, but I didn't. I stuck because I would, like I told, I've told y'all many times, I will, you think I'm rough now? I didn't have any wisdom then, but I knew the truth. And I stuck with the truth, even though I didn't have wisdom. Maybe there's some way I could have talked around it some way. And without compromise, I've never even given it a second thought. Would you do it again, Don, you might ask, before you could take a breath? I'd do exactly the same thing. And I lost my daughter in custody battle to her grandparents. Okay? I've never changed in 43 years. If the book says it, and I believe it, and I'm sold on it being doctor, and I'm sure that the, and the Holy Spirit has convicted me that I'm right, and I've got more witnesses to have vowed that it's right, I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to compromise it, even if it means losing my own child, the very child that I had lost to, my, to her grandparents, that they, they she wound up, not a year later, getting killed in a car wreck less than a mile from my front door. That's the way I am. That's the, what Paul would have done. That's what the Lord did. That's the way the Lord did. And bless. And I was trying to, and it ain't got nothing to do with me being smart, me being this super Christian, nothing. I'm wicked as hell, folks. I can name 500 bad things. That I, that I messed up and done and did and do sometimes now, just in, but I'm just bringing out that one point. 
as an illustration, okay? What is your illustration? How many times have you come? Hey, do you love the praise of men more than the praise of God? Are you afraid what somebody might say about you because you took a stance with the word of God? Or can you justify it in your mind by changing your mind on what you think about it today, lying to yourself, then changing back in the right way tomorrow just to slide through just to slide through the suffering and the pain it would cause you to stand for the word of God on the day before, see? The martyrs did it. They stood fast. Christ stood fast. Paul, Peter, John, James, Andrew, blah, 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 blah. Irenaeus, Polycarp, blah, blah, blah. Zwingli, Servetus. Blah, blah, blah. Whitfield, blah, blah. You want me to go on and on? Well, I thought you were a Christian. Everything that everything that we talked about at the first part of this program, every single one of those people believed exactly like I was talking about at the first part of this program. Are you a Christian? I'm not saying, I'm asking the question, because the Lord knows your heart. And in Luke chapter 16, verse 15, when the Lord was dealing with the Pharisees and a bunch of self-righteous folk, this is what he said. Ye are they that justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your heart. For that which is highly esteemed among men, you name it. Just plug in whatever you want to. But namely money. That which is highly esteemed among men as an abomination in the sight of God. (laughs) But where your treasure is, there we are, be also. Folks, it's hard to get over them humps. But let me tell you, once you get over that peak, it's downhill then. Every mountaintop stuff, every mountain stuff to climb. But let me assure you, it's 44 years in the Christian life. Once you get over the top, downhill's a lot easier. The second time you make the decision, and it gets easier and easier and easier to do right. I promise, I give you my word. That that's true. The Bible even tells you that. The Word of God backs it up. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And be sure your sin will find you out. For we all must stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account those things done in the body, whether they be good or bad. Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. This one old mountaintop we're talking about, 
it's after, like I said, you get on the other side, it's a lot easier. Going downhill is a lot easier than getting up the front of it. I realize that. I understand. For your benefit, folks. For the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that asked you to trust him. He's the one that asked you to pray. Oh, I got faith. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Having faith to believe and having faith to live by faith is a different ballgame. Why is that, Brother Don? Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you save through faith. And that not of yourself, see. The faith and grace is not of is not of you of you. You didn't muster up that faith. God gave it to you as a gift. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that, that, not of yourself, see. It's the gift of God. Lest any man should boast. In other words, you can't claim no great faith because God gave it to you. You can't claim no great grace because God gave you both of them. But the just, Paul says in three places, shall live by faith. Living by faith is the only thing that pleases God. Hear what I said? That's the way you please him, is living by faith. Without it, it is impossible to please him. And impossible in Greek, Hebrew, Chaldean, Aramaic, no matter what language you want to go to, impossible means impossible. Now there it is, 52 cards on the table, face up. Sure move. Brother Chad, dismiss us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening, Lord. We thank you for your words, and we thank you for 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 our assembly and our fellowship with you, Lord. We ask that you forgive us our sins up today, Lord, and and if we have any unrepented sins, that you show them to us, Lord, and grant us repentance, Lord. Give us the strength. We pray to you, Lord, as you said, if 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 your words abide in us, Lord, that if we pray, you will answer us, Lord. And uh, we, what can I say, Lord? I love you. We all love you, Lord. Let us let us all come together, Lord, and praise your holy name. For there is not no other reason that we should be here, Lord. We have no purpose here except to be to glorify your Son Jesus Christ, Lord. Father. And Heavenly Father, we pray for everyone in the chat room tonight and everyone that may download this at another time, Lord, that they be convicted to do your commandments, Lord. You said that if if we do love you, Lord, that we will keep your commandments. And your commandments are quite clear, Lord. It's just, can we separate ourselves from our flesh, Lord? Can we feed our inward man when our outward man cries? When it cries to be to be connected to that sin that it does not want to give up on, Lord. Even though we've been saved and you've circumcised our our soul with the Holy Spirit, that outward man and that flesh, it wants that sin so bad, Lord. And all you ask us to do is to 
Starve that man, Lord. Starve that outward man. Turn to you. Put our trust in you. Put our faith in you. Live by faith with you in our forefront. When we wake up in the morning, we say, sweet Jesus, we love you, Jesus. When we go to bed at night, we say, sweet Jesus, we love you, Jesus Christ. I love you, Jesus Christ, Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the only purpose. You are the only reason. You are Jesus Christ. You are... You are all. You conquered everything. You conquered all of our sin. You, you became sin for us. You nailed it to the cross. You conquered death, Lord. And you offer us eternal life. And all we have to do is call on, call on your name, Lord, and believe in you with all of our heart. And I do, Lord. I love you. And I pray for all my brethren. I'm speechless, Lord. I thank you for all. You are my Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Amen and amen. You know, today I did something that I've never done before on Facebook. I, I preached a, a little small sermon, and I used not one word of my own. Everything I used was Scripture. I took about took it took the Scriptures out of about... Uh, Ma Rain saw it, Chad, in case you want to go look at it. Amen. I, uh, I used about five or six different books of the Bible, and each one of them, each thing, the whole little sermon was about was about was about it was about salvation, is what it was. Started off with fear. Started off with that um that quotation where the Lord says, uh, "Many shall come in that day, saying, haven't we done many mighty, wonderful works?'" And I name it, you'll say, "I never knew you." Mm. Started out with the fear part of it, you know, and then went on to John 8, and where it said uh, that um, you can't understand my words because you're not of God. Then I went on and explained it. Those people, they going about to establish their own righteousness, never submitted themselves into the righteousness of God. And then I went right straight from there and showed them where the righteousness of God was Jesus Christ. And and first and second first Corinthians five ten or second Corinthians five ten I forget which one it is I think it's first Corinthians five ten where it says that he made him to be sin for us and you know sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him and then went right straight there back to Romans eight from Romans uh, I mean Romans ten verses eight through thirteen that's the first time I'd ever done that it, it's real simple to do if you know the book. But and I just I used scripture for every solitary thing that I would have said if I'd have been in the pulpit. I just used a verse of scripture. You might ought to go check it out. I thought it was pretty neat myself. You know, here I'm bragging. I'm say I'm not bragging. I'm just saying it was pretty neat. It's the first time I've ever done it. Wow. First time I've ever done it. Um, nobody said anything about it. I don't know if they even, a lot of people like that stuff and they just like it just because they know you're something. But that's what it was. It was a little sermon on salvation. It, it, it was um, anyway. Whatever. I just wanted to mention it because I was thankful for it. That's all. Praise the, the Lord. Lord gave it to me this morning yeah. about three o'clock. But anyway, in closing, folks, I'll say it one more time before we shut her down. Don't let the feather fall on back. Don't let this be the. Don't let this be the opportunity that the Lord has for you to take your next step in your Christian life. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 20, 19, 17, 18, 50, 
45, 60, 70, 75, 80. I don't care how old you are. This just may be that opportunity. And whether it is or whether it ain't, it's immaterial. It's the right thing to do. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> oh, me. Do right. Like the Lord, like old Bob Jones would say, two greatest words in the English language, do right. Do right. Never sacrifice the eternal on what, Chad? Uh, on the carnal. No, Brother Dave, you remember. Never sacrifice the eternal on the altar of what? Oh, convenience. On the altar, uh uh-uh. On the altar of the immediate. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just just checking on y'all. Just picking at you guys. Has anybody got any questions or prayer requests in the chat ring? Uh, Let's see. see. Are you there, Brother Dave? Yes. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't hung up. No, I'm here. <laughs> That's okay. Call me after the pro and we'll talk about Dave then. <laughs> Chet. Yeah. I'm, I'm, man, I'm trying to pull a joke, man. Oh, man. I I was thinking of my prayer request. I, I, I'd like you to pray for uh, my uh, brother Laszlo and his family. of five. Laszlo, my, my Hungarian that mover. Be that Hungarian guy. Yeah, Laszlo, his wife, and his five children. Laszlo from Oslo, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've been praying for him. I just think he's a good brother. Amen, amen. And when you guys are in your private prayer, do not remember forget to pray for Brother Brian and for Brother Brian's grandkids. Please, y'all, don't forget to pray for them, okay? Yes. Brother Damien and Sister Brittany, I, I miss them so much, and and uh, they were a blessing. I talked to them both through email, and and I, I miss them very bad. And I know Brother Brian does too. And pray for his peace of mind that he'll understand that God's got God, God's in control. He's got he's got it he's got it covered. He's got it covered. Live by faith, Brother Brian. Amen, brother. Amen. Don't, don't forget that the Lord's got that that ball covered. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. I know it's tough. It's hard. I, I've been in the same types of situations, and and uh, it's tough. You can. It's easy to say with your mouth sometimes. It's a lot harder to do it in action. But it it may gets it. It makes it easier and easier and easier when you see the Lord work out those things. And He will. He'll work it out, brother. Well, if there's no questions or no other prayer request, um, if you would, um, brother Dave, go ahead and give the contact information. Yes. Contact information for Don Spears Ministries. Telephone number 334-397-2333. Pastor Don's email address is respecttothelord at yahoo.com. And you can go to PayPal, and if you have an account, you can enter respect to the Lord at yahoo.com and you can make an offering there at Pastor Don's account. And you can also send offerings, cards, and letters to Pastor Don's home address at 3155 Louisville Street, apartment 
D1, Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yes, good job, Brother David and Brother Chad and Brother Kevin. Appreciate the job y'all always do. Brother Kevin, steadfast as a rock back there. A few words, but plenty of action. And I appreciate, Brother Kevin, what you do, brother. You're the unsung hero in this ministry. And uh, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate and love you, brother. And each and every one of y'all ought to appreciate the work he does as well. Because he's steadfast, he's faithful, he's a faithful steward, he's rock solid. And uh, he's worthy. He's worthy of being called out and and given some honor. He's worthy. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, he is. 100%. Amen. Amen. folks, Lord willing, and uh, we will be back Sunday night, and we will be in Genesis, and we will be talking about some good stuff in Genesis, won't we, Brother Dave? Yes, we will. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, is there anything else I got that I wanted to bring up? Um, Don't think so. Love you guys. Take care, everyone. And Lord willing and health permitting, we will see you guys Sunday night. And you guys, if you get an opportunity, give me a holler on the telephone, okay? Yes. Yes. Okay. Love you, Brother Pete. You take care, brother. Talk to you soon, brother. Good night, everyone. Good night.